are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check. And furthermore, mate. One actor going back and forth. You got an ass like an amphitheater. It begins with a U. It ends with an A. It has a middle initial there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads get geared up for an NXT invasion. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean being invaded by awful wrestling from the early to mid-90s. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic. If you were to hand him a pencil, he would do an Adam Cole and kick its head off on SmackDown and on Raw main events because he doesn't need a pencil. He writes with a pen. He gets it right every time time he's justin henry and he is off of america baby justin henry baby see it doesn't henry, sound like this, uh... that's the noise it makes i need one name with one syllable otherwise it, otherwise it wouldn't work see now tom campbell baby would work well adam Co- oh i suppose yeah one syllable Justin, just henry baby <laughs> People call me Jay, so that works. Jay Henry, baby. People that can't remember the rest of your name. Uh, well, I was in school with another kid named Justin who was more popular than me, so to differentiate, I was Jay. Oh, was it really based mm-hmm. on popularity? That sucks. Yeah. Fun fact: he is actually the cousin of the richest player in Major League Baseball. Oh, I. Oh, you know what? I like him more than you, and as well. <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I understand, I understand, I understand. I don't, I don't even follow the baseball. We call it rounders over here. Well, that's because you live in a messed up society. No, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> don't, don't start giving us that, giving out about us around Thanksgiving. And there you turned your back on us. Um, yeah, you can always eat at my table anytime, I don't care. Hey, I'll eat your table anytime. Hey, look, we're not alone this week, Justin Henry. We're not. I don't oh, think so. right. <laughs> there's a there's, there's a man looking at me through the window. What? <laughs> oh boy. Yes. Yes, peering in through the window out in the cold is our favorite vagrant, our good friend Sydney Zamowitz, who joined us last week and had so much fun she wanted to join us again this week in the hopes that this time we could have a coherent show. <laughs> so welcome, Sydney. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm a little tired, but I'm gonna make it through. Uh, and yes, Tom, I'm, I'm staring at you out, out of the window. <laughs> oh, that is you. Oh, every breath you take, every move you make. My favorite song about active stalking by the police. 
<laughs> and, and so romantic. Oh, is it just? Is it just? What What I like is that. So Sydney uh, comes from our cultaholic Discord server. She's one of the mods on Discord, uh, which I'm learning more about now. I am a, a growing, maturing adult. Uh, last week, Sid joined us when we did the show at uh, a reasonable time for off of America, and mm-hmm. uh, and I was in a, in a fit of mania. And Sid was like, oh, I don't want to come back and do another one. I said, okay, but normally we do it in time that suits me. So welcome to three o'clock in the afternoon, Friday, uh, to your 10.15 in the morning, Sid. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was more my fault. I stayed up a little later than I probably should have. And oh. so my alarm went off at 9.30 and then I turned it off and I went back to sleep, woke up to... Uh, wakey wakey from Justin at 9.55. Oh, that's always nice to roll over and wake up to. That's me on the gopher. Make sure everyone's in line. <laughs> well, it's nice to have you back. Welcome back to it. It's awesome to be back. Incidentally, why were you up late? Were you chatting to boys on Habbo Hotel again? What have I told you? <laughs> I was playing Xbox with Austin. Oh, that's, that's a fairly... What were you playing on the Xbox? Uh, we play Destiny 2 most of the times. It's a shooter game, sort of. I know Destiny 2. I'm not is that it... old. <laughs> is it like Hubert? <laughs> Justin, however, is that old. Yes. <laughs> is it like Hubert? <laughs> extreme Pong. <laughs> I love a bit of Extreme Pong. So, we are here, gathered here, not just to catch up on games we like. No, 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 no. We are here to go back to the halcyon days of 1994 WWF as we chronologically critique, thank you, OSW Review, uh, every single episode of Monday Night Raw from the very beginning to the bitter end or my death next year. Uh, before we get into the rigors of Monday Night... Oh, incidentally, I had a tweet off somebody saying, I hope you don't die next year. <laughs> <laughs> Which, out of, out of context, sounds really sinister. <laughs> yes, it's uh, from an anonymous account. <laughs> I hope you don't die next year. I also had a message that would be saying, God, very, very bad. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. Yeah, it's all right, mate. <laughs> I'll get you, you next time, Gadget. Next that's, time. A good, that's a good impression. Yeah, that's Thank that's... you, my death... It's my death metal voice. It's also the Shockmaster and the Black Scorpion. Come on, you want a piece of me? <laughs> Sid, you've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. <laughs> what I enjoyed about the Shockmaster was while he was talking, his hand motions just didn't match up with the cadence in which he was speaking. Well, first, he started making the gestures while Sid was talking because he th- Sid Fish is not our good friend Sid here. <laughs> but Sid Fish is because because he, because he was so disoriented he thought Sid talking was Oli Anderson doing the voice from off, off the set. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it again. I, I, I swear to God, that's what happens. Everything about that is a cluster fudge. I love it. I love it. I love it. As Kevin Nash pointed out later on the shoot, it's like if you're sitting in Harlem Heat, will you just run over and start beating him down while he's on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jeebus. So we are back uh, in around um, the 20... So actually before, it's that's not my job to say where and when we are. We throw that to Justin Henry to tell us where and when are we this week, Justin Henry. Oh, jeez, all the pressure in the world on me. Um, all the pressure, buddy. Yes. It is Monday, April 25th, 1994. We are still stuck in Utica. Oh, it's an Albany Two weeks ago. Ha <laughs> ha, last time we could do that for a while. 
<laughs> I know. It's... I love how the graphic for this episode was Jeff Jarrett holding Razor Ramon in the sleeper hold, and Razor just looks totally nonplussed. Like, <laughs> like his skin is orange, Cassidy. It is literally a photo of the only time you will ever see Jeff Jarrett going over Razor Ramon. <laughs> That's not quite true, but it kind of is true, too. It is and it isn't, isn't it? Uh, also, from this day, um, mm-hmm. the is this also the day that the WWF WrestleMania Revenge Tour gets underway, according to the Wrestling Observer. So this is the post-WrestleMania 10 national tour that the WWF is running. And this is set to be their biggest one ever. They've blown the budget and made it. Every show feel a bit bigger. They've paid for more lights, better entrance, and all of this stuff. Uh, The wrestling is still pretty standard, apart from Bret and Owen, which is probably the best match of each night, according to Dave Meltzer. And there have been some very notable no-shows. Yes, one that uh, gets pointed out during this episode of Raw. And, we'll... and not only pointed out, but very much harped upon. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, we'll, you know what? We'll get into that as we get into that. Uh, but let us crack straight on with a brand new episode of Monday Night Raw from 1994. Now, Tom, you worked in the entertainment industry for some time. Uh, some would say that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When a show starts, it, it's very important that you highlight perhaps the most important thing that you will see on the upcoming show in an attempt to keep people glued to the television set. Is that is that correct? Yeah, what you would tend to do, and I don't know whether you both started noticing this, is that I'll always now put a particularly funny line from the show at the very beginning of the show before even the show rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think last mm-hmm. week we started, Sid, you pointed this out, last week we started the show with, I hear you're a woman from a family. Uh, and if you're not laughing at that, you missed last week. Go listen to that. It's manic and it's delicious. Uh, yeah, so I get the the importance of putting of, of top ending of top loading your show. Yes, you want to tease the crowd a little bit and say, "Oh, what's this going to be?" And then you stay tuned for this show. Uh, before we hit the standard raw opening, they show Nikolai Volkov in his pinstripe suit in the, in the front row. It's gonna be a guest on the King's Card tonight. And then they hit the intro. Mate, that's massive news. Nikolai Volkov is going to be on King's Court. Okay, now, now give me the non-sarcastic version, Tom. Nikolai Volkov it's going to be on King's Court. As he pulls his boot flask out of his sock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I, 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 I don't know who he is very much, but I know he is a legend because I just, I they kept on saying it, so... I mean, I was I was hoping it was better than uh, Alundra. Yep, that was it. I, mm-hmm. I hope it's better than when she was on the King's Court. I watched Nikolai Volkov wrestle in 2017. That is the absolute absolute truth. He he beat CZW owner DJ Hyde in a warehouse in Williamstown, New Jersey. Wow. Tommy's That's, still there. I'm still here. That sounds like a that sounds like something out of Game Changer Wrestling. Nikolai actually hit a forward roll on the on the highest body, like, like almost like a standing swanton bomb at one point. And this is the year before he died. Oh, was that? It wasn't as a result of that, was it? Uh, no. Okay, that's. He fine. looked great. I mean, he looked great for a man who was pushing seventy. I'll be honest with you. Oh, I need to find yeah. footage of this. I am intrigued. I am very intrigued. <laughs> yes, it was. It, it, it was very. 
very odd to hear Volkov enter to his WBF music, which you know, don't tell anybody. His his, his or like like his legend song, which is like that very sad sort of melancholy violin song, oh. and have DJ come out to like death metal. <laughs> it's a <laughs> and, nice combination. Volkov sang God Bless America. DJ hit him from behind, and they had like a three-minute match, and Volkov won. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you know what my favorite entrance too. music is to Russia, to Nikolai Volkov? What's that? Uh, when he came out at WrestleMania 17 to the... L- uh, uh, Ludwig's theme. To yes. Ludwig Borger's theme. Dun, 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 dun. Like, that's European enough. The, the, was it Ludwig <laughs> Borger was Swedish, wasn't he? Was he Swedish or Finnish? Finnish. Finnish. Yeah, so, he, so Ludwig Borger... <laughs> Uh, the uh, fin- a Finnish wrestler who had the Finnish anthem as his team, and Nikolai mm-hmm. Volkov comes out to the Finnish anthem <laughs> at WrestleMania 17 because Vince just goes, "Ah, oh, it's a th- foreign song. It's fine." <laughs> it's WWE. It's, it's just how they operate. It's so. Um, <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so a Nikolai, you know, guy versus soul. Uh, is is involved in the King's Court here, and, and and I gotta admit, I didn't have high hopes for this. And they were almost met. <laughs> Did we notice so we at the very beginning of the show just how manic Randy Savage is tonight? Oh, my goodness. Randy Savage is on another planet on this show. 100% agree. He seemed like he was absolutely insane tonight. <laughs> I mean, he's usually very insane, but this is a special level of insane. Yeah. As, as you'll see during the opening match, it's, not, it's almost as if... <clears throat> He and Vince are taking turns doing the final scene of Scarface together. <laughs> that is alarmingly accurate, to be fair. <laughs> a lot of a uh, lot of pixie sticks, shall we say? Because <laughs> the commentary is at a shout. Like, okay, if Michael Cole or Vic Joseph or whoever they have now, like the, these boring guys, are, are one of the spectrum, Vince and Savage are the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh, they were on something tonight. It was, it was bordering on organized shambles tonight. <laughs> it it was half Al Pacino and Scarface, half Al Pacino and Son of a Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> John's got sleeper. Hold on. <laughs> John, I want scent. I want scent of a Linda. Scent of a Linda. <laughs> Get on that, John. <laughs> and I mean, Savage has the shades. This should have been his gimmick, blind wrestler. And his ooya could have been the hua. The ooya <laughs> is the hua. That's that is a wonderful sentence. <laughs> I'm gonna be the first man in the history of the world that ever, ever utter those words in that sequence. The ooya is the hua. So Vince McMahon shows his cultural um, understanding when he says that Jeff Jarrett spends his time watching reruns of Hee Haw. He said something here that was it meant to be a joke? Because it felt like it was supposed to be a joke, but I didn't quite get it. About Hee Haw? Yeah. Yes, Hee Haw is the redneckiest of rednecky shows, and it came on like in the 60s. Because he says like he said he starts talking about the characters in Hee Haw. As well, and it was like, "Hi, oh, he doesn't even like that character." <laughs> Very odd line. Well, see, I've never actually watched Hee Haw, but I had older relatives who did, and that really says all you need to know about Hee Haw. Um, it was basically a show. 
It was like a redneck variety show that was on for many years. Right, I'm with you. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I I have no real frame of reference from it. Like, like I I know who Buck Owens is. It was one of like the stars of the show. I, I I did write my notes. That might be lost on this audience, and apparently it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't imagine anybody would have got that. Yeah, this is 1994. I'm pretty sure Hee Haw was not culturally relevant for at least 15 years by this point. <laughs> it was the tiny Tim of redneck stuff. Sounds about right for Vince then. Yes, this is. Remember, this is edgy Vince because it's it's raw. We're hardcore. <laughs> we, talk, we have old crooners on the show, and Savage calls this a momentum match. God, they they love that term, don't they? What does he mean by that? Well, I mean, it makes sense in context. What he's saying is that this match is not for the belt. So this is a non-title match. Because, but if Razor wins, then he then he has he has momentum going into Saturday, Saturday against Diesel and on Superstars because he got a win. He beat a capable opponent in Jeff Jarrett. He's got momentum on his side. But if Jarrett wins, not as Razor have have diminished momentum because he's coming off a loss versus Diesel. But Jarrett himself can elevate himself up the card because. You know, he beat a great competitor, so he has momentum on his side. See, I don't mind that. I like giving some some credence and some some purpose to a non-title match or an exhibition match or something like that. I'm a big fan of this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that part's fine, but you watch say Michael Cole. He's building momentum. He's building momentum. He's building momentum. They love that word. It's a it's a strong word, momentum. It's brilliant in Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> I want a WWE Word of the Day counter where every day is just momentum. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> so we have a moment where, uh, well, first we have Razor abusing Tony Chimble for fun. Yes, that is the the man he hands his gold to is the very man who years later will be saying, the rated R superstar, Edge. I love seeing Tony Chimble ringside, knowing that he is just earned in his keep before becoming a fully-fledged ring announcer. I believe he's on the ring crew at this point too. Right, earning his earning his coin, earning his stripes. What a guy! <laughs> blue collar Tony Chimmel. <laughs> yeah, I, I get behind blue collar Tony. Jarrett sells the toothpick to the face by walking backwards, mortified. That now now after this, Savage comes out with a line that mm -hmm. makes that that confuses me. Where he says he talks about. Oh, look at that, Jarrett and Razor sharing toothpicks, something you shouldn't do in the 90s. Um, <laughs> I'm confused. I was a child of the 90s, and I'm confused, too. It, it seems like it should be offensive <clears throat> to somebody, but it was just confusing. Like, in the um, 80s, it was fine to share toothpicks. In the 70s, it, it was encouraged, but in the 90s, <laughs> not in the 90s. I'm, I'm trying to think about, about what this could be in my head, and it's not going to a good place. Does it, it involve docking, perhaps? As in, like, your <laughs> iPhone? <laughs> oh. I don't think that's what he's talking about, Tom. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sharing toothpaste. Like, what could that possibly mean? 
I'm thinking of it in the literal sense, like someone actually sharing toothpicks, but I doubt that's what he means. <laughs> hey, Chico, you got to try some of these hors d'oeuvres. Here, have my toothpick, man. <laughs> there, was a great, there was a great toothpick shortage in the 90s, so we all had to share toothpicks back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it was when the rainforest started, the burn, we ran out of toothpicks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Savage, during this match, keep in mind, this is the... This is Manic Macho at his finest. He marks out for the double feature. He really he re- does. It's maybe the first like true picture-in-picture picture instant replay of, of a move that happened during a match. It's Razor's fallaway slam. And Savage goes, my new favorite part of Raw. Have we never had double features before on Raw? It's maybe the first. I'm not, I'm not entirely oh, sure. This but feels it's quite momentous be- then. Well, no, don't defend Savage. <laughs> Savage at one time was the coolest guy in the business. Cream of the crop, cut the greatest promos, moved around, moved around the ring, around the ring like a friggin' madman. He just, he embodied cool. He embodied awesome. Now he's marking out over, you know, not that awesome technology. It does get very excited. <laughs> I that was it when he said, "I can't believe this is happening." <laughs> so excited by the prospect yeah. of double vision. If you ever watch the 50th anniversary DVD of WWE that came out like maybe 2013, Jake Roberts is one of the talking heads on there, and he is impressed by everything. <laughs> like we have TV trucks. What the hell? What, what time are we living in? Like like he just. Like, everything amazes him. And I'm thinking Savage might be in that same boat. He's just excited just to be there. Oh, my God. We got special nameplates on the screen. We're living in a new age. <laughs> Moon Pie, what a time to be alive. <laughs> we went from we went from cool Savage to, uh, to Savage actually going backwards in his life, becoming a child again, being amazed at everything. Are you suggesting that Randy Savage is Benjamin Button? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, that's exactly what I am <laughs> suggesting. I, I don't know what that means. That movie doesn't come out for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, I know what it means. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Why am I using it in reverse? I, I was thinking that maybe it's almost like this week, you know, Randy Savage is particularly manic this week, like it's an alter ego. So I started referring to him as Keishin Randy Savage throughout most of this. Like, <laughs> It's that, it's that ridiculous part of Randy Savage that comes out every so often. It's like somebody won a Randy Savage impersonation contest, and the first prize was doing the show as Randy Savage. <laughs> Just do your best, Randy. Go nuts. Literally, go nuts. <laughs> I wrote down several of Savage's actual quotes in this match, and here are two of them. Streets of Miami, you're smiling on Razor right now. And... Psychologically, this is one of the biggest matches I've seen. <laughs> I know what you know what? Bless him. He's really trying. It's like Jim Morrison just sings whatever he writes down on, on, on his notepad. Like, even like the weird ideas. <laughs> I say fair play to him. He's just going for it this week. I, I think what he's doing, he's trying to be so bad on commentary. That says, you know, just go back to the ring. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. 
<laughs> like that's what he's doing. Like if you do a job badly enough, you don't get asked to do it again. <laughs> it's basically like anybody doing the dishes at home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or, or, or doing leaves outside, whichever. Am I right in thinking that this Jeff Jarrett Razor Roan match is, is ridiculously <laughs> underwhelming, which is why we're spending so long talking about Randy Savage? I think it's because, because Savage was so over the top that we couldn't help but notice him he instead really, of the match. He really did steal the spotlight here. <laughs> it's like, put me in the ring and I won't cause this problem anymore. <laughs> it's, like you, it's like you have Lawler, just put him on commentary. He's busy doing the King's Court, mate. Oh, yes, that's, that's true. That's, that's much more important. Speaking to women from families. <laughs> Savage lets us know that he hasn't been the same since the double feature. And then he goes on a boxing tangent about George Foreman. <laughs> yeah. Randy thought maybe this could be the silver bullet, manufactured energy. Age was a number, he reasoned. And if Vince could only see him at peak zestiness, he could undo the elderly stigma that his supposed friend had placed over him. But while whooping it up as though he'd started amphetamines in his cheeks, not unlike the common tree squirrel does with nuts, he knew this was a losing battle. Soon the taping would end, and it was back to his lonely, echo-filled abode on the Gulf Coast. But the money still rolled in, but was he earning it? Wrestling balled his pool, and those Slim Jims filled it with water. He yearned for a piece of the genuine action once more. Play along with me. Play along with my nonsensical Ravens boss, man. Humor me with your forced mirth. While you do that, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. Because somebody else out there is going to crack the window just enough for my absurdly neon cowboy hat to fit through. Park life! <laughs> That's a hell of a signature for Savage Cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so we come out of commercial break and Vince is now screaming. Possibly I like how all we've can... done is talk about the commentary. <laughs> like it's it's Razor and Jarrett. Like like in this in this era, this is probably as good as it could possibly get in terms of stars. And it's just like the commentary, rightly so, has overshadowed the entire match. <laughs> Did we get mad at fans for hijacking matches with chance? These two are hijacking the match with their commentary. It's so true. <laughs> they really are. They don't need to. Like, I think you're right in what you said earlier. Like, they went and had a little quiet meeting in a room somewhere before this before this show started. Had a little bit of a livener. <laughs> and then out came the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> just, just that whirlwind. <laughs> it sounds like Vince doing something very naughty, by the way. Don't ever repeat that. <laughs> it's not a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> so Vincent Savage Vincent Savage go nuts over a sleeper hold <laughs> You're going crazy about it Far too Oh my god It's going to kill Razor Don't kill Razor We need him to draw Oh lord don't kill him <laughs> Savage says being in Jared's sleeper Must be the most embarrassing thing in the world If you're Razor Ramon What does that say about Jeff Jarrett Yeah that's a bit <laughs> insulting his father wouldn't book me, so to hell with him. <laughs> <laughs> so Razor makes a comeback and then gets dumped to the floor. And then Sean comes out to save everything. Razor clocks Sean, then stops Jared from, from, from building momentum. Then Savage yells, the one-man gang, Razor Ramon. Now he's thinking of the one-man gang, the one-man gang. <laughs> oh, certainly. John, I want Razor dressed as Akeem. Yes, please, mate. 
Yo, Chico, got the Jive Soul Pro. <laughs> so Sean's in the ring now, and Hebner's just letting this go on because Hebner and his first time, first time, time Hebner's ever um, been good to Sean like this. Um, so Sean's in the ring for like a full minute. Razor's just clocking him around the ring. Hebner's doing nothing at all. Then Diesel runs in, saves Sean from the Razor's edge. Then finally, it's a disqualification. While Diesel and Sean are beating Razor down to the ring, you see Jarrett in the aisle with his arms raised in triumph, even though he lost by DQ. I lost, but I'm a winner in life. That's right. That, that, that's how Road Dog would describe it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> if you point, Kevin knows his characters are winners, so he can lose every match. That's nice, Road Dog. So meanwhile, Jackknife on Razor and another. Then Diesel stands on Razor's chest and holds his fist up. Then Sean stands on Razor's chest and high fives Diesel. All right, that was pretty funny. That was. And good. as they're, and as they're leaving, they're celebrating their uh, big triumph. And Sean yells to the camera, "With my help!" <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, that was even funnier. What did you make of this Sean... match, Sid? Uh, the match again. The commentary really overshadowed it, but that ending was pretty good. Um, I liked how they kind of were building on to the, to the next show and stuff, and um, and I and I I, I really liked uh, uh, Sean high fiving Diesel and then saying, "And I helped." <laughs> Sean is a great POS heel. He's one of he the absolute is. best at it. Absolutely. We can go backstage where Sean and Diesel are in the call to Hulk office. They are, aren't they? <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. I don't know, like, where, where is this? Like, obviously, it's in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, but they're once again in the Cultaholic steel cage offices. Seanaholic. <laughs> I, I saw this start, and I was expecting Diesel to ask if I liked a lot of wrestling on my YouTube. <laughs> Big Daddy Driver. <laughs> Shawn Michaels starts talking about things he's bought from home bargains. <laughs> the Heartbreak Jack. Randy Savage said going, yeah, there's nothing we can tell but my night out at Rise. Yeah. <laughs> Savage is going to host WTF and it's going to be about his commentary. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty diddlers. <laughs> oh, my God. Randy Savage calling somebody a dirty diddler. <laughs> <laughs> the end is nigh. The end is nigh. <laughs> <laughs> I live... For Randy Savage calling somebody a diddler. <laughs> you can't, like, genuinely, like, you can't appreciate outside of the cultaholic stratosphere, like, how how, how awful the word diddler is. Like, <laughs> the context outside of cultaholic is pretty damning. <laughs> but within, within it, it's fine. We all laughed. And I, and I don't know whether you caught this as well, guys, watching AEW this week. Uh, when Matthew had a heart attack, when Pac looked down the lens of the camera and went, I heard what you've been saying about me. And Matthew was like, oh, no, you're just calling him a diddler. <laughs> Matthew's a very fearful man. I think, well, the fact that they, there was a sign saying Pac is a diddler on AEW and the crowd start chanting diddler at him. <laughs> Diddle me this. Pac's a diddler. <laughs> Poor Pac. He's just trying to wrestle and hurt Not people on peace. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's Pac. He's a bastard. That's something he's completely a bastard, different. He's a bastard, not a diddler. 
Would like it to be known. Difference. Would like it to be known if you're listening to this for the first time and you've had no concept, no context behind Cultaholic. Pack is a bastard, not a diddler. Correct. <laughs> Just want to clarify that. <laughs> so Diesel points out the opportunity was there and I seized it. And he vows to win the Intercontinental Title from Razor on Saturday. Now, Saturday, spoiler alert: is this a, yes, is this a house show? Is this the WrestleMania no, Revenge Tour? No, this is on Superstars. Right. Okay. This match has already been taped. It was taped 12 days before this on April 13th. And I can tell you that Diesel did, in fact, beat Razor to win the Intercontinental title. Hey! Match went 5 minutes and 43 seconds. He, he won with a jackknife after Razor hit, hit hit the ring post after Sean pulled the turnbuckle off one of the one of the, one of the coverings. And then Sean Diesel celebrated ringside, and Razor goes down to defeat. Wow. His six-month reign is over. Diesel's the IC mm. champ. Diesel is Intercontinental Champion at, at the time of the, this show aired. Well, sorry, not, not aired, but actually by the time next week's show airs. What, what an ascension for Diesel. In such a I short know. amount of time to go from a, a relative nobody to the, the Intercontinental Champion. You ever hear the story of how he came to WWE in 93? No, go on. Uh, I'll keep it as short as I can, but he was jobbing out as Vinny Vegas in WCW and Bill Watts in WCW, or may not Bill Watts, but... It's probably Bischoff at this point in time. But uh, Sean, thought, Sean liked him. He thought he was a very funny guy because he, he saw his uh, he saw Nash doing his My Blue Heaven uh, Steve Martin impression on Saturday night. Like, hey, I'm Vinny Vegas. Hey. Like the most over-the-top like Jersey mobster accent you could possibly do. He wanted to bring him in, but he had a contract because Sean wanted to have a bodyguard for his character. So Nash does the job to, Vinny, to a Van Hammer in front of like 100 fans in Mississippi on like a uh, – like a Thursday night in June 93. And, and he tells the office, like, hey, I tried the wrestling thing. It's not for me. I, I want to get out. So he gets his release, faxes it to Vince immediately, says, oh, see, I'm, I'm not with him anymore. Gets signed immediately. And by Sunday, he's helping Sean win the belt back from Jannetty on a house show. Jeez. And his fortunes turned that quick. It just helps being he, tall sometimes. Tall and charismatic. <laughs> yeah, well, he's... Hang around with Sean and Razor, you know he got he got better through osmosis. It's true, it's true. If you get to ro- travel the road with people like that, you are going to get much better, much quicker. Not Van Hammer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did no, did you no, hang no. out with him? Well, he he was wrestling him in matches. He was facing like guys like him and uh, I don't even know who else at that point. <laughs> he he was in the. He was like the very bottom of the card at that point in time, Vinny Vegas. Like he was always like totally irrelevant. But yeah, he um he made the right move. But sometimes though, sometimes all the all your great talent and skill goes into one match and it just serves as the lifeblood of somebody else. I mean, look at Tom McGee, who had one match with Bret Hart and accidentally gave him all of his skill and talent. Bret Hart then utilized it for himself, and Tom McGee just faded into obscurity. Yeah, Brett's a succubus. Brett Hart is a succubus. <laughs> yeah, it's um. He is a Brett's carny succubus. See, he deserved Montreal. <laughs> he, he, he had it. He had it coming. He had it coming. He had it coming. So John what's next Brett Hart on... in Chicago. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow versus Tony DeVito. Yay! ECW original Tony DeVito. <laughs> and Bam Bam ended up there eventually, and actually, so did Luna. Did Luna do all three of you? 
95. Yes, she, oh, well, she, she, she actually beat Steve Richards in a cage match. What? I'm not making this up. That's incredible. <laughs> you made that up, all, didn't you? No, this is all true oh, stuff. What? That's ace. Look it up. <laughs> so Vince goes on a tirade about Amy, about Amy Carter's wedding. Amy Carter being the daughter of former President Jimmy Carter. And then Savage goes on a tangent about Prince Charles's dog being missing, which Vince cuts off. All of uh, this Sid, doesn't. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was say, Sid. Um, you messaged me while watching the show to point out this unusual tirade. Can you, for any loud, clear voice, state what Randy Savage said about Prince Charles's dog? So he was like, uh, he, I'm trying to remember exactly. He was like, it was like, you know. Prince Charles's dog is named Pooh. Pooh, Pooh, where are you? Woof, woof, bark, bark. And I was just thinking, what has happened to this poor man? <laughs> He's seen better days. <laughs> he definitely has. If this was the Savage Serial documentary, that's when the sad piano music would start. <laughs> what happened <laughs> to this once great man? <laughs> So during the next period, we see Savage like playing with like beanie babies at the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna name you Cosmo. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> and we're gonna go we're gonna go back into the wrestling ring one day. <laughs> we're gonna be champions together. <laughs> and then Savage starts humming the flipper theme. <laughs> As Vince throws him the wheelbarrow and pushes him toward the home. <laughs> Rings the doorbell and runs away. Savage is still sitting there playing with his beanie baby. <laughs> Vince is like, I've got it covered. You just, you you have your fun. But Savage and Vince have to be on their best behavior during this match because President Jack Tunney calls in. Yes! Tunney's on the line! Take the money, Tunney! <laughs> Jack on the take, Tunney. Oh! And he, you know what? He sounds just as... Just as interested as anybody that has called the WWF hotline. But the difference is, <laughs> I know this is Jack Tunney operating at full capacity. Yes, it is. <laughs> Tunney's on his game here. And by on his game, we mean low energy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but hey, 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 you know, he does vow to investigate the Sean Diesel or Jarrett thing. And he does say investigate. What is he, close so? I'm going to investigate what happened. Mate, he just ran out and attacked him. What is it to investigate? <laughs> okay, if Tony shows up on next week's show and he's wearing a Sherlock Holmes hat, would you be happy? I'd be over the goddamn moon. Because if you're going out there going, <laughs> okay, uh, furthermore, I'm going to investigate what happened into this match. And they'd be like, mate, just Sean and Diesel ran in. <laughs> well, there's more to the story. No, there isn't, mate. They just ran in. <laughs> who ran in on it was Diesel and Sean see that's what okay, happened Jesse Ven- in, I will find out who see that's what happened Jesse Ventura stole his um, conspiracy theory show idea from Tony <laughs> <laughs> but I want Tony to do a show like that but solving really obvious <clears throat> crimes why was Fashion Booger once uh, a minister or a friar we're gonna investigate that no, it should just be. double the life it should be stuff like the woman's body was on the ground next to her was a note saying I killed you. You used to be my best friend and you slept with my husband from Nikki. And there's an address a phone number and a motive The blood <laughs> on the paper is the blood of her friend Nikki who cut herself on the knife. 
We have no idea who killed this woman, and we will get to the bottom of it. <laughs> what do you think, Watson? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just playing with these plushies. Here at Stamford Yard. <laughs> See, I can do that solve mysteries. I'm actually involved in something now. We have a suspect, a motive, and a modus operandi. Huh, where are we even going to start with this case? We've got nothing. <laughs> how, about, how about we set up the WBF hotline and have people call in and say who they think it is? That's a great for idea. A minute. Good, our, com our company's going broke. We need the money. Because in lack of anything other than actual evidence, we will just make a guess. I, I can get Slim Jims to sponsor it. <laughs> Brilliant. John. In fact, I think you did it. <laughs> John, I want I want uh, Jack Tunney as Sherlock Holmes and uh, and Macho Man as Watson. Thank you, thank you, John. <laughs> We're gonna find out who burned down this orphanage. Call the WWF hotline. <laughs> hello, Ike. Hello, it's me. I burned down the orphanage. Ah, do you know who did it? Yeah, I'm ringing to say that I did it. Ah, I see. So do you know who did it? Yeah, it was me! I'm telling you I did it! I hate orphans! Mm, if only you had a reason to do it. I do! I hate orphans! Mm, I see. Well, when you know more, please call me back. And then he just hangs up on him. Why? <laughs> call the hotline now. We will find your loved ones dead or alive. Look at this thread of orphans being all unparented and crap. <laughs> Ah, Justin, you did it. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. If, if, it, if it ends this call, yes, I did it. But, <laughs> Don't but, hang up. But I'm the other, lonely. <laughs> but the secondary part of the, but the secondary part of this call, other, other than Jack Tony breathing heavy into the phone, is that <laughs> next week we are getting the head, the, the head shrinkers, head shrinkers and Quebecers for the tag team titles. And while Tony's informing us of this, Bam Bam almost kills Tony DeVito with with a jumping Enzo Giri. And that's the finish, which we missed the entire match because listen to Jack Tunney daughter on like an old man. But no, I, I can't blame Tunney because these all these features are, are notoriously uh, crap for telling stories in these matches. Because oh, every yeah. time somebody rings, you've just got this monotone, yeah, well, I'm going to beat them. Whilst there's a wrestling match desperately trying to happen in the ring. Right, okay, here's an idea. Let's put this in a modern context as to how bad this is, okay? Right, mm. say, for example, during, um, on NXT this week, they had Tainara mm. versus Santana Garrett. It's a match to try and put both these women over. Right, great match they mm -hmm. had about a three or four minute match. Imagine for the entire time you had uh, Shayna Baszler on the phone talking very low about how much she hates Rhea Ripley. Well, yeah, that, that, it does nobody any favors. Exactly, and, exactly. And it's all it's all low energy anyway. Can you imagine like if they get in the wrong script, Tony calls in. Yes, my brother Brett, I beat him at WrestleMania. <laughs> No Jack and script. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> yes, Tatanka, you didn't pay the gift tax on the headdress, so I had to destroy it. I'm just reading all the scripts that are here. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, where was this one over here? Pat, you got my goddamn lunch order wrong. No, that's mine. Put that away. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Hedrickers and Quebecers next week for the tag team titles. And by the way, that taping takes place the night after this on a tuesday for some reason <laughs> okay is it like it was it like a cheaper deal to get the room on a tuesday i guess it's in it's in vermont for some reason 
How very random. Yes, this is um, we're not we're not in the golden years at this point of WWE. Mate, we are barely in the Bronze Age. <laughs> this is this is like tin. <laughs> we're in the age where they've just decided they've just figured out they can't eat their own poo. <laughs> we're at the point now where we're just shattering beer bottles and gluing the fragments to a, a leather strap to make belts out of. To Jack Tunney. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, so we cut backstage after Batman kills Tony DeVito. We have Raven and the, and the Quebecers. Raven has a, has a great sour look on his face. And J- Jacques says the Headshrinkers were their friends. What activities could they have enjoyed together? I was going to say, like, I don't remember the Headshrinkers and the Quebecers ever being mates. Riding tandem bicycles together. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, what could the Headshrinkers and the Quebecers have done together? Justin took my idea. <laughs> <laughs> tandem bikes. <laughs> <laughs> playing tetherball together. Could have played Skyrim on a on a LAN. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, like a jungle gym or something. Monkey bars. <laughs> they could have played the brand new board game. The brand new board game, Jack Tunney's Clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's a it's clueless. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a card here that says it was Professor Plum in the dining room with the candlestick. Oh, if only I knew who did it. <laughs> Jack, it's right there. Oh, his face we'll, in it. we'll never know. Anyway, I think it was mustard. <laughs> he started playing Risk. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack, I haven't been to Siam. Have you? <laughs> Jack Tunney's. I think you killed him. I think you killed him. <laughs> Jack Tony Game Night on WWE Network. Book it. <laughs> that is that program is money for Tony. <laughs> Fatouche like eating the tokens. Check and furthermore, mate. <laughs> Jack, we're playing tic tac toe. Jack, we stopped playing hours ago. Go home. <laughs> Pin the tail on the donkey. Jack, Jack's outside. Closer? Am I cl- am I am I closer? Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Everyone's just watching a stag film at this point. <laughs> Jack's wanting to throw a shield with a blindfold on. I'm doing good. So Jacques wants justice, and I'm thinking perhaps perhaps if he were a so law officer, I'm trying to find a killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Jacques wants justice, perhaps if he were a law enforcement official of some kind, he could he could get justice. Perhaps if um. He had a big red coat and like a pair of sunglasses that would indicate that he's a law enforcement officer. Someone, someone that could always get their man. Exactly. Mm, but handsome it, and brave and strong. Is, we then go to a man who has possibly more charisma than Jack Tunney. A man <gasps> Mate, I'm so excited. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Stan Esposito. Hey, <laughs> Tom, are you okay? No, I'm very tired. Uh, <laughs> you just started singing Tespacito out of nowhere. No, his name is Stan Esposito. Tom has superpowers. Oh. His name is Stan Esposito. Only how they do it down in Puerto Rico. So Stan Esposito at the time was the mayor of Stanford, Connecticut. God, they and... get some right ringers in, don't they, as guests for Monday Night Raw. Just some old duffers in really old suits. 
This man, this man is drier than granola. <laughs> do you like the really harsh white cut that they do at the start of this? Um, it's as yeah. if like they've this is like they've had to mash together four or five takes to try and get this right. That's probably what it was because, uh, or maybe it's one of some tirade about I don't know like. I don't know, something awful, and they had to edit it out. Like, yeah, we probably shouldn't put that in there. <laughs> no one's here about an orphanage burning. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stan Esposito, and uh, as well as getting rid of all the orphans from Stamford, Connecticut, we're proud to work <laughs> with the World Wrestling Federation. No, Stan, you can't. You can't say that. <laughs> what do you mean? I hate orphans. No, Stan, mate. Stan, you can't say that. <laughs> I've been a wrestling fan for years. My heroes include Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. They don't work there anymore. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> my, my, my heroes include Jimmy Snooker, Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, mate, you're just controversy. <laughs> so anyway, W raised $60,000 for Stanford's library. Congratulations. Yes, yes good for WA. That's all I have to say about that. Just hey, charity, no, nothing, charity. Nothing quite like international content. Quite like showing us, like how much money you raised for affluent Stamford. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to read "Hop on Pop" to the kids. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a bit like okay. It's it's a lovely it's a lovely thing to do. But I just think if you're trying to come across as like the good guy. Like, why invest in Stamford, which is uh, not notoriously an affluent part of part of America? Actually, no part they probably edited it out. It's when Stan goes, by the way, Vince is not guilty. <laughs> Vince did nothing wrong. <laughs> we probably shouldn't put that in there. It would look bad. Hi, I'm Stan Despacito. I'm the mayor of Stamford, Connecticut, and Vince's main drug pusher. <laughs> we are proud to have worked with the WWF. <laughs> So Horian acted alone. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stan Esposito, the mayor of Stanford, Connecticut, and the Unabomber. We'd like to thank. You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't admit that on TV. Come on. That's why they cut it out. <laughs> so, so we go from that bit of genius to the Heavenly Bodies versus John Paul and Jason Headings. And. and this is peak problem with WWE right here. Vince is trying to go on some Howard Stern tangent here because Howard Stern's apparently wrong. This is when he announced he was running for president as part of the Libertarian Party. Meanwhile, Cornette's in the ring, you know, doing his spiel where he, he, he speaks very brilliantly and insults the fans or whatever and injures to the heavenly bodies in the way that only Cornette can. And, and while Cornette's talking, Vince's like, something about Howard Stern. I goes, oh, shut up. Because Cornette's daring to talk during his, his time in the ring. I hate it. I hate, and I think we've talked about this before. I hate when commentators talk over the ring announcers. I hate it. And we miss Cornette's entire spiel because Vincent Savage are going on about Howard Stern. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. I know. it's. It does nothing for the show at all. No, it doesn't. Heavenly Bodies now have wings on their outfits. This is a I nice tell, touch. I can't tell if it's tacky, good, or good tacky. What do you reckon, Sid? Tacky good or good tacky? I'm going to go tacky good. Hey! It works go. for him. I'm going to go tacky tacky. <laughs> <laughs> tacky tacky. Oh, tacky tacky. 
So we've seen John Paul before. He is a damn good enhancement talent. John Paul is great, Sid. Honest to goodness. Like, he is in the top 10 of, of wimpy guys uh, in the WWE. <laughs> top 10 of wimpies. He is amongst it. It's my first time seeing Jason Headings, who I, who I believe has the same hairstyle as Ozzy Osbourne in the Ultimate Sin era. He used to look a bit like T- UK TV presenter Anthea Turner at this point. Uh, and it was a strong look for one. For one. Hang on, I'm googling. <laughs> Anthea. Google Anthea Turner. Turner. First, it comes up as Anthea Turner accident. Okay, what happened? Oh, oh yeah, where she um, where uh, something blew up on a live show, and uh, oh really? Nearly killed her. She's fine. Oh dear. Ah, she's fine. It's fine. We laugh Is about it... it now. It was it Is was a motor, it was a motorbike backfiring next to oh. her on a live mm-hmm. show. Not even the worst thing that's happened on live UK morning television. Okay, I, I see the hair. Um, does she ever race horses, Anthea Turner? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, not that because there's a photo of her wearing riding boots and holding a riding crop. And Might I'm just, just be a kink now. thing. Oh, could be. <laughs> hey, to each their own. Yeah, yeah, she's was, a... she, she was a very much a pinup lady of the nineties. Was Anthea Turner? We all she's fancied Anthea Turner in the nineties. Well, she's about 60 now, and, and these are recent photos of some of these, and she's not that bad looking. She's held up well. <laughs> so it seems. Good for Anthea Turner. Well done, Anthea. She held, has she helped as well as Stan Esposito, though? <laughs> no, no, no. Stan, I'm sure, is a powerhouse these days. <laughs> Cornish Stan is now 71, so he was uh, he was 46 then. What? <laughs> you heard me. He looks about 50, 60-odd. Maybe he's <laughs> Benjamin Button. How is he like nine years older than me? <laughs> uh, well, that is terrifying. Is that what's going to happen to me in nine years? Then, 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 Tom, you're dying next year, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! Oh, that's all right. Whoa, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, I need to I'm dying there, next year. That's all right. Thank God I won't have to look like Stan Despacito. I can't wait I look like Stan Esposito. I got that TV. I've just figured out what Stan Esposito said that they cut out. It didn't widen the curve to me. Hi, I'm Stan Esposito. I am the mayor of Hartford, Connecticut, and I am a woman from a family. <laughs> <laughs> and I use duck. And that's why. And that's why. And that's why they edited it because uh, he got the he got the city wrong and his last name. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't even from a family. <laughs> So, Shockingly, he's not a woman. <laughs> well. <laughs> so we learned two things during this match here. One, the Heavenly Bodies have some awesome tag team moves. All that like and... power bomb, um, that power bomb sit down thing they did was really nice. Oh, absolutely. They just like revival before revival. Mm. And two, we learned that Kurt Hennig is a coward. Yeah, they went to town on Hennig on the comms, didn't they? Yes, he. As you may recall, Mr. Perfect was supposed to face Lex Luger on a series of live events because Perfect screwed Luger at WrestleMania, or more accurately, uh, Luger screwed himself and Perfect called him out on it. But Kurt Hennigan at this point in real life had a, had a flare-up of back problems and could not go in the ring. So Crush replaced him on those house shows. Happens. But according to Vincent Savage, here's Savage's actual words about referring to Crusher as the fill-in. He goes, He's bigger and better and meaner and a better competitor than Perfect ever could be. Jeez. And this is the same crush who almost killed Savage on several occasions. Why so angry? 
Because it's the WrestleMania Revenge Tour. Nobody knows shows that. <laughs> Angry boys. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. I know, it's so perfect. I won't show up again for about a year and a half after this. What you, yeah, I was going to say, when do we next see him? Is it, is it, I suppose it is that soon, isn't it? He does come back before 2002. Yes, Survivor Series 95 comes back as a commentator. Mm, I remember now. That's kind, of, that's kind of a surprise. But uh, he was actually rumored at one point to be a Hulk Hogan's um, opponent for Starcade 94. Really? Because he was supposed to be the masked man who had, who had attacked him while he was feuding with Flair. But oh, it turned out he had a... me. That would have been fun. But I presume then there was contract things to stop yeah, that happening. Yeah, it was that... It was asked, so thankfully, Brutus Beefcake filled in instead. <laughs> oh, good. The workhorse that is Brutus Beefcake. Don't you dare insult <laughs> Brutus Beefcake. He's a Hall of Famer now. <laughs> Strutting and cutting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'll tell you what, people make fun of him. You watch like 8990 WWF, he was over. <laughs> you watch 8999 WWF, he was there. No, I mean, no, he. <laughs> He was not only super over. He was he was a lot better than people give him no, credit for. Do you know what? You are right. I I will put my hand up, put my tiny hand up in the air, and say that <laughs> indeed, I was a fan of Brutus the Barber Beefcake when I was growing up. Yes, yeah, see, so you came and deny it. I loved it. I no. loved the whole shtick. His outfit was great. He did the sleeper, huh. cut people's hair. He was brilliant. And and may I add, as part of our holiday thing, we're we're watching the July 89th Saturday Night's main event. You will see him and Randy Savage have a four-star match. Oh. And I'm guaranteeing that. Yes, uh, we are going to. I'm going to make a special announcement about this next week. Our very special plans over the Christmas holiday, sir. Ah, yes. Me and Justin will be going to a chalet in the middle of Finland. And we'll just have Christmas together. You want to come, Sid? I'd love to come. You can't. Just me and Justin. Yes, he said you can't come because that's where I want to be leaving Tom for. Uh, I mean, that's that. That's where I want to be uh, hanging out with Tom. <laughs> You're leaving Tom. <laughs> well, he's, uh, well, see, the thing is, I I only bought um one round trip ticket, and uh, well, I'm stronger than you. <laughs> this is why I'm dying. No, you can do it January the first, because then at least then my prophecy comes true. All right, all right. <laughs> I didn't say how I die next year. I mean, I'm assuming it's high blood pressure or or like an anxiety attack. That'll be how I die. But uh, I mean, if it's if it's if it's stabbed to death by Justin, I mean that's perfectly palpable too. I don't need a knife. <laughs> I didn't say you used the knife. I don't need any, I don't need a sharp implement. 
I'll use <laughs> my. You're not going to sharpen your. You're not going to cut your fingernails for about three months. Uh, yes, I'm already on that right now. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I'm just. I'm just in hands as we speak. <laughs> John. <laughs> just in no, hands. Oh boy. Thank you, mate. Anyway, back to this wonderful, wonderful <laughs> match. which Jason Headings with his Ozzy Osbourne hair takes it takes the ultimate beating. Over and over, it's just one tag team move after another. It's like one colossal rib. They hit this odd-looking Vegematic on him. Get the assist to sit out powerbomb, as Tom mentioned. Cornette rubs his racket in Heading's face just for fun. I write Del Rey is repulsive as he does his gyrations over Heading's dead body. <laughs> this is it's just a sustained beating. We get the backdrop moonsault combo. We get the double flapjack, followed by the standing moonsault finish from Del Rey. And I had the right while Delray was smiling. Is his tooth gone or is it just rotten? I think I looked at this and I think it's just a just a dark colored tooth. He is the gigolo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think this is I've, the role. I've got something similar okay, on one side of my mouth where it looks like I'm missing a tooth, but I'm not. It's just because the one tooth I've got is a bit further back than the others, so a shadow is cast on it, so it looks like it's not there. Well, it, well, to me, it adds your appeal, Tom. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. It's a sign of sensitivity. <laughs> you beautiful exactly, man, you. Exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. I had eight teeth out when I was younger. I had so many, so many months of orthodontic treatment to to, to fix this smile. Because this is a true story. Just to go on a tangent, Sid and Justin. Um, I well, my now you'll you'll balk at this, and there's a real low hanging fruit gag at the very end of this, and, and one of you can grab it. That's absolutely fine. So, um. My dad has a small mouth and small teeth, and my mom has a bigger mouth with bigger teeth. My older brother, Jim, inherited my mom's big mouth and big teeth. My younger brother, Mike, inherited my dad's small mouth and small teeth. What did Tom inherit? Tom inherited his dad's small mouth and his mom's big teeth. So just carnage in my mouth growing up. (laughs) Tom, don't take offense to this, but that explains a lot. There you go. <laughs> and neither of you, neither of you, went for the low-hanging fruit gag, and I appreciate that. It's very kind. We won't do that to you. We love you. Thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> I insult, I insult you in less obvious ways. Yeah, you do actually. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I've got, a, I've got a gob full of less than most, but massive teeth. It is very, um, it is very Milton Berle-esque. Your smile. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking for. Or Milton Bradley. <laughs> yes, uh, Parker Brothers. Fighters in my mouth. <laughs> well, which, was, which wasn't how I spent my twenties. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> it's, it's quite alright. I'm glad you made it out of that ordeal. <laughs> the karate fighters didn't. <laughs> as, as you sharpen your incisors on them. <laughs> I sharpen more than my incisors. Go on, mate. Carry on with the show. <laughs> Well, speaking of disheveled, we come to the king's court. <laughs> and it's here that Lawler informs us that Nikolai Volkov is $8 short of having 30 cents, which I thought was a funny line. Now, before before this, Volkov looked surprised when he was invited on the show. Yes. Despite Vince McMahon announcing at the very beginning, Nikolai Volkov will be on the king's court. And the camera well, going Nikolai. right up to Volkov. Did, did everybody know Volkov was going to be on apart from Volkov? Apparently. It's like, this is your life. <laughs> oh, poor Volkov. What a suit, by the way. Sid, marks out of 10. 
for Nikolai Volkov's suit? I give it a seven. Oh, strong seven. <laughs> On a scale yeah. of 50. <laughs> <laughs> I give it 8.5. Yeah. Or as Lawler points out, he has a suit for every day of the year, and this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Lawler was just killer here. He, he clearly had to carry this segment. Apparently, Nikolai fell on hard times. Not Dusty Rhodes' hard times, but different kind of hard times. Because he made some bad investments, apparently. He invested in Radio WBF or something. <laughs> but he has his health and he can wrestle. All right, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not jump to conclusions here. <laughs> okay, you have your health. That's, that's good. Um, but see, this begs the question, if Nikolai has no money, how does he get front row seats? He's calling in favors from Vince, isn't he? He's on the friends and family list. <laughs> it doesn't bear what for WWF, does it? It's like, you know, we have vagrants in the front row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, you should be selling out the front row. Um, yeah. It's a shame that they're not. Everyone in the front row has, like, a bindle with them. <laughs> Maybe. Like scraggly scraggly Maybe beards. <laughs> Maybe it's cheaper to buy regular tickets to Monday Night Raw than a house. It's, well, back then, maybe it was. So he just lives whatever venue Raw is at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. He's hanging out in there while Iron Mike Sharp's taking his long showers. <laughs> gives him someone to... Gives him a little bit of company. They just hang out. Two peas in a pod. So either way, Nikolai, he's having problems with this promo because he's, A, very earnest when he talks. He doesn't really add any energy to it. And B, he has a very thick accent. He talks about how he has his pride. He will not beg for a job. Uh, you know, Lawler makes fun of him for being poor. Lawler has to emote in lieu of uh, Volkov not really emoting all that much. But Volkov says, you know, he he's proud to sit among the people and all this, and you know, because because they're good people. You know, they're casting Volkov in a very sympathetic light here. Yeah, they, yeah, it's a it's a hard time story, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. And Lawler's just kind of making fun of him for being poor, with as Jerry Lawler was wont to do. But Volkov will not beg for a job. He has his pride, and he has his dignity. And, and give him credit for this. He can still jump over the top rope at age 48. Yeah, that's very true. I couldn't do that. Fair play to him. He's still got a little bit of skip in his step. Yeah, he, he was a damn good athlete. I mean, he was a power lifter in his younger days. That's how he actually got, got out of the Soviet Union. He, he emigrated to Canada on some sort of... um like athletic competition thing where he's competing and then they had like a bodybuilding or powerlifting contest and he refused to go back. That's how he got into uh, wrestling. He was in Canada and then Stu trained him. I kind of hoped that at the end of this, he would just smack Nikolai, uh, Jerry Lawler a little bit. Well, in about three weeks, you're going to get really, really depressed. Oh. Because the Nikolai story takes a sad turn. Oh, no. They don't take his suit off him. It's his only one. It's all he has. Well, it's, a, it's a very sad turn. They put him on commentary. <gasps> no, do I'm they? <laughs> no, it's, no, they won't do that. It's oh, sad for him, not so sad excited. for us. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was Andre. That was, that was Andre <laughs> doing Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a really good Andre impression, mate. You Hulk Hogan, you are the ex-champion Hogan. <laughs> I am now 
but WWF Tag Team Champions. <laughs> I surrender the world title to Sasha Baby Nasty. Was that even English? <laughs> Anybody want peanut? <laughs> that is a spot on, Andre, mate. I think you should deal with that. You've been mostly dead all day. <laughs> I love Princess Bride. Very As we all do. <laughs> Inconceivable if you wouldn't. <laughs> you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> One, two, three, kid versus Dwayne Gill. It's DX versus the Job Squad. Love this. Love this. Are we a fan of Dwayne Gill with a lovely blonde uh, bit of hair going on? Did you say Burland? A lovely like, Burland hair. Just because I, I, I watched it recently and uh, with when he's bold. And when he turned up this week, I forgot he had that lovely blonde hair. And I think it suits him. It really does. He looks like a ninja turtle with a mullet. <laughs> Battle of the former WWF Light Heavyweight Champions. That is correct. Uh-huh. Vince is going on about Tom Arnold and Roseanne while Kid gets his nice slingshot clothesline. I should point... I really should point out here how, how, how the heat machine and the commentary dub-in has ruined the whole sound of this show. It like, really well, has, hasn't it? Like a big collision guy lands on the canvas, you, you don't even hear it. I'm going to get the photo now of Matthew. Yeah, that's sent a, little, a couple too many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look like you're having a lovely day. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Matthew, looks like Matthew. Matthew looks like he's just... Uh, just <laughs> spotted a Greg's opening up over the road. <laughs> he, was like, he was like a frog that someone's trying to a flashlight in the eyes of. <laughs> You've got you. It looks like you're linking arms with him, Sid, as if to say, "We are married now." <laughs> what? No I was just this. trying to put my arm around around him, just because I was like, "Hey, it's cool." So he wouldn't fall over. <laughs> that too. Keep it was on. very windy. It was very windy. Matthew is many things, if not lopsided. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. That's lovely. No problem. So it's during this match that Savage plugs the ends of the earth and mentions that Lauren Hutton is his ex-girlfriend. It's almost to the point now. I think, you know what? I think Savage has said probably a lot of nonsense in this. But because he top-ended the show with such a lot of nonsense, that we've almost just become a bit nose-blind to it. <laughs> kind of. We have, haven't we? And Vince even criticizes Savage for being a bad read. Like, it's such a horrible job with that read. USA Network's probably not going to let you do that anymore. Good, put me in the ring. <laughs> Make me wrestle instead. I'm up for this. Like, no, Vince, don't put me in the ring. That's That would be terrible. That's it. You put your boots on, you get in that ring. No. Hey, <laughs> you. <laughs> don't put me in main event matches that that would just kill me you're, you're gonna wrestle Brett for the title god damn it <laughs> so Kid and Gil are having a good little match here Kid is just um, he was on top of the world at this point as a wrestler just, he's just so full of energy finishes Gil with the spinning heel kick and that's pretty much it I mean, they ignore most of the match because they're doing Vince and Savage stuff a lot of Vincent Savage stuff. And now we come to a moment that's going to precede a bunch of crap. Yay! Now, I don't mind this too much. <sighs> well, I thought I'd this more than I thought I would. 
it started out kind of innocent. It's going to get a whole lot worse than this. We have an Undertaker sighting. Because he, <laughs> because he is now Bigfoot or a unicorn. Or Bigfoot riding a unicorn. We go into this random deli. The cameraman is trained upon one of the deli workers there, the butcher, who informs us that, yeah, Taker was in here the other day. Got a big six-foot sub. He's, I, asked, <laughs> I, I, I asked you want a three-foot sub. He says, no, give me a six-foot sub. I give him salami. I give him ham, turkey, lettuce, cheese, tomato, onions. The works. I turn around and give it to him. And, 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 and I turn around again to get the pig, give him his pickles. Turn around, and he was gone. Got the whole six-foot sub. Now, we have since learned, we have since learned that all of that is nonsense because Undertaker only eats at Nando's. That's true. <laughs> you don't go to no subway cart. Well, I mean, a six-foot sub, get, get, get it, you know, six foot under. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Actually, that sounds, sounds pretty good right now, six-foot sub. I probably eat at least half of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so just get a three foot one. Yeah, but then I, I had a three feet. It's like when Homer got that giant sub and I kept eating it until I got sick. Marge, I want to be alone with the sandwich. You're going to eat it, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I had a mate that used to get two kebabs on the way home and he would eat one and then he put the other one on the radiator for the next day. See, that's smart. He's <laughs> <laughs> a, a clever guy. He runs, uh, he runs Google now. Oh, oh, so he's still alive. Okay, that's good. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> Unlike me next year. Well, perhaps if you bought kebabs from on the radio, you'd live longer. <laughs> I might try it. I might eat one right now. The butcher seemed so unenthusiastic. Like, I didn't even see a single emotion come from... Like, like he, he, his voice was, like, trying to emote, but his eyes were, like dead like like he looked like a cash like a like a subway worker who just hated his life well you gotta understand something Sid. i i worked in a um in a pizzeria steakhouse for a year and a half when i was younger and we mm-hmm. see everything in that place so this this guy even though he's seen a six foot ten inch zombie come in and buy a sandwich he's kind of nonplussed by because he's seen everything and he's talk about the new york accent he's really seen a lot of stuff uh, like, okay. like, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the other day, uh, you know, I, this guy, he put him in a casket and they push him away. All of a sudden, he's floating to the heavens. And he, and he starts talking about, you know, being not proud and all that stuff. And then he, he vanishes. It's really strange. <laughs> anyway, you want to, uh, how do you want your cold cuts? <laughs> it's like that, pretty much. So, yeah, the guy's, this guy has a bus and says, I'm, I'm going to slam the big Japanese guy. But then he knocks him out of the ring. And there's a count out. You know, win the belt. Anyway, you want pickles with that? <laughs> he talks like some taxi drivers that you get who have just lived this most amazing life, but they talk about it so nonchalant. Exactly. And let me tell you something. You never ever want to be like. I didn't mind being. I didn't mind delivering food for a living when I was 20 years old, but you don't want to do it after a certain hour. I've seen some stuff. Oh, really? That's another podcast in itself. Oh yes, it's uh, that should be a show. The times I've almost died at work. <laughs> By Justin Henry. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway, we have a plug for King of the Ring, which I cannot wait for. <laughs> that commentary with Yumi and Matthew. 
We're just going to shut up the entire time and, li and listen to the third commentator. Oh, we got our Donovan, haven't we? Yes, we do. Oh, hell on a plate. Yeah. This is going to be yeah. something else. Yes, the hell we do. I'm so excited. So do you know who Art Donovan is? Nope. Watch watch that show. You'll, you'll know everything about Art Donovan that you need to know. Okay. <sighs> Owen Hart versus Ramblin' Rich Myers. Always always happy to see Ramblin' Rich. Yeah, it's nice when he turns up. It's announced that on Wrestling Challenges coming weekend that Owen Hart is going to wrestle Mo for Men on a Mission. Now, you might think that that, that that match is irrelevant. I recommend you go on YouTube right now and Google Owen or, or just search Owen Hart versus Mo. You will learn two things about that match. One, Mo is really good at selling. And two, Oscar is the exact opposite of selling. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil it for you. Um, The match is an injury angle where Mo blows his knee out on the floor and Owen wins via stoppage. And, and Mo is selling it as though his knee is completely destroyed. Just grimacing in pain, trying to grab the ropes to get up. He can't do it. His leg is screwed. So Owen, being the ultimate sadist, jumps to the floor after after celebrating, starts kicking Mo's leg, throws him back in the ring, puts him in the sharpshooter just to be an asshole, and Mo is screaming in pain. Meanwhile, Oscar is just like nonplus, just standing there like completely as as though he were Matthew. Like, <laughs> like staring off like, into the distance. Pretty much, yeah. They're like, very like, happy like, just have Oscar shut up, to be honest. Oh, yeah, but it's just, you see the poor opposites here. Like, Moe is doing, like, a hell of a job in getting Owen over as this filthy sadist. Like, just screaming in pain about his knee being ripped apart. And it, it actually is a bit harrowing, just, 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 like, just like how into this he is. Whereas Oscar's just kind of just, mm, Like, he's, a, he, he's just, I think he's wearing a Halloween mask that doesn't move. <laughs> It's uh, like Mo is great there. Oscar, not so much. We get a bit during this match where Owen slaps Myers across the face really hard, and Savage informs us, and I'm quoting here, "That wasn't just a slap. That was a slap." <laughs> As, Savage, think... that's the same word. <laughs> Very good, Sid. Rectum, damn near rectum. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what? Now, Don't know what that means. And he extended the second slap. Goes that wasn't just a slap. That was a slap. If he did that, that'd be different. I wonder whether it's one of those things where he wrote it down, and when he wrote it down the second time, he put a capital S and an exclamation mark. <laughs> They're not even wearing a smile. Not suggestively. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. <laughs> Yes, we're we're seeing the um the fading days of Randy Savage here, unfortunately. Are you kidding? He's been on fire this week. Well, usually when you're on fire, eventually you perish. Oh, nice. Which reminds me, never mind. Why does? Yeah, that's fine. I'm dying next year. I'm over it. It's fine. Rich Myers. Rich Myers yes. um, looks like he is going to a Halloween costume, a Halloween party as Owen Hart. But he God. forgot to buy the outfit. So he's had to sort of make do with what he's got in the cupboard. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
he looks like every hockey player from the 80s. <laughs> it's, it's a strong look he's got going on there. It's a hell of a mullet. Mm-hmm. I've read before that he was actually the son of George the Animal Steel, although I don't know how true that is. And based on his facial expressions, I kind of see it a little bit. Yeah? Because George Steel was James Myers, and this is Rich Myers, so put two and two together. Yeah, it could possibly make sense. Owen, Owen applies a Steiner recliner at one point, which is the modified camel clutch. While Vince pays tribute to the late Richard Nixon. Who used to do the Steiner recliner quite a lot. It was part of my foreign policy. <laughs> I am not a big bad booty daddy. <laughs> he is as well. <laughs> Richard Nixon. I'm sorry, I'm picturing Richard Nixon from my picture, my whoa, whoa. Are, you, are you picturing Richard Nixon or Scott Steiner? I sure am. Is that what you're doing? Is that what you're doing? If only there was someone that could bring that image to life. <laughs> if only Jason we get on it. somebody who I think lives near me based on his tweets in the morning. If only there was someone <laughs> who could bring that picture to life. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not letting that slide. Based on his tweets in the morning. Did you see out your window and just stare at you while you sleep? <laughs> yes. John. Sid John, John, number one, today. stop doing that. <laughs> number one, stop doing that. And two, I want, I want Big Papa Pump Richard Nixon. <laughs> On you go, pal. Thank you, mate. Love you, mate. <laughs> we need some Watergate math. There's <laughs> a 33.33% chance that I've ruined the system. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. And that's why I'm going to resign in 1974. <laughs> Imagine David Frost trying to interview Scott Steiner. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wouldn't have stood a chance. Forget this podcast. We need to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, David Frost is a bit dead, so I don't think that'll happen. Okay, we'll get, well, Michael to play da- get Michael Sheen to play David Frost again. That Dick Cabot's live. We'll just get him. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Miss dropkick. Owen applies a sharpshooter. Wins by submission. Owen won't let go because he's a dick. Let's go. And then drops it. And hits him with a knee drop just for fun. And as he fade the commercial, Owen puts the Bret Hart sunglasses on Rich Meyer's head. And it, and they just cut away. So we don't know what happened afterwards. I think he let him, let them, he let him keep them. Well, yeah, it's part of his pay. Very kind of him. <laughs> Very kind of him. We come back from, from break and Vincent Savage at ringside with... With old Super Mario himself, Captain Lou, who is very happy. He's so happy he hugs Vince, who looks perturbed. <laughs> Vince doesn't get many hugs. No, he doesn't. He like sneezes to him. <laughs> Alabama is happy because his men are getting attacked hell shot next week. Headshrinkers versus the Quebecers. Now comes Raven in his nice gray suit. He's yelling at Albano. Savage backs Raven off because because at this point he's doing anything to get in the, for a match. I'll wrestle him, please, please. <laughs> he's just desperate to get back amongst it, isn't he? Yes. Have a Polo's Rules match. <laughs> That'll do. Savage ends up holding Raven while Lou punches him. Shock and Pierre hit the ring, and that's it. That's the show. That was all right. Yeah, it was better than last week. Yeah, it was not crap. It was very not crap. <laughs> that is a, a glowing the time that we live in now, where when a show is very not crap, it's actually a benefit. Yes, it's a, it was not terrible. It's a sad, it was, sad state of affairs. It was less sucky. 
I thought the um like I, I thought the Jarrett Ramon match I think on mute would probably be very good. I think the commentary <laughs> drowned it out. I thought the heavenly bodies looked great. As you said rightly, like a modern day revival, like an old time revival. Mm -hmm. They look great. Really, really like that a lot. Those are the two bits I liked. It was a fine show. It was, just, it was just hour three of a taping. They were just throwing matches out there and it, putting exposition and or nonsense over them. So mm -hmm. it, was just, it was just your typical hour three of a taping episode. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Sid, what did you think of it? Uh, like I said, way better than last week, but that was pretty easy to do. You could have there. There were so many things you could have done and it still would have been better than last week. But um, I felt like, yeah, the heavenly bodies got a, like a really good showing. And um, I actually um, ended up rewatching uh, Razor and um, uh, Jared. Jeff Jarrett uh, on mute. So I didn't hear the commentary and it actually was a really good match. Um, and I kind of, I kind of wish they didn't overtake it with their commentary, but I mean, it's still, it was still a really good match. And yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a good show. There you go. There you go. So what have we got next week then, Justin? We have the head versus the Quebecers for the tag team titles. That is confirmed on air. Nothing else confirmed on air, but let's, Miss browse through the episode real fast. I won't give away too much exposition if I don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try not to uh, ruin right. some of the allure. <laughs> I was looking through here. It's a pretty basic show otherwise. Although the Superstars taping this week is in Albany, so we, we have that joke in there. Hey, we can keep the gag. We can keep the steamed clams gag going. Oh, well, not really. Because we're not doing Superstars, but hey, I mean, more things we oh, thought of it. Fine. Fine. We thought of Welcome to the Cultonic Classic Superstars review uh, from the very beginning. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. SD Jones versus AJ Petruzzi. <laughs> John Photoshop. No, don't, mate. It's fine. <laughs> There's nothing to Photoshop there. There's nothing to Photoshop there. Uh, all that remains to say is thank you to our very special guest, Cindy Summerwitz, for joining us once again. Thanks for having me. Honor Thanks, and sir. indeed and privilege. And to Justin Henry, an honor and and privilege to you too. Uh, as it should be. <laughs> what's the week what's the weekend <laughs> got in store for you, sir? Well, I'm watching Full Gear on Saturday night. You mean tonight? That's... Oh, that's nudge, right. Nudge uh... nudge wink wink kayfabe. You mean well, tonight? You oh, mean yes, right I... now. Yes, uh, as soon as the show's over, I'm 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 gonna be um, buying up all the snacks I can get. Yeah. Head over to my brother's house because he's hosting it. And we're going to enjoy some full gear. Ah, oh, we'll have a lovely time. Sid, what are you doing? Uh, yesterday, I uh, <laughs> yesterday I had work. Um, uh, I had work at about five, so I'm going to be working a uh, women's basketball game uh, up at MSU. So that should be fun. It'll be my first like actual game where people have tickets and stuff like that. And then also today... I'm going to be watching Full Gear as well, uh, but I'm just going to be doing it with uh, my family and uh, minus Austin because he's not coming home, so screw him. Oh, what do you mean he's not coming home? Have you fallen out? <laughs> no, he just he, – he, he his way of saying it was he's been home like three three weekends in a row, so he wants to stay up this weekend. Yeah, screw him then. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the rocker split started. 
<laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> the rockers wouldn't come home to watch Full Gear either. That's exactly what <laughs> Until next time, she is at SAZuma4 on Twitter. Yep. Hey, he is at JRHWriting on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. I love you. Bye. 